Our story started, as all good stories do, with an ordinary day and a job offer. Farida, Violina, and Anima are summoned to a Federation outpost for a mission. They're signed to go with Captain Shadow and her AI co-pilot Sona on a pickup mission. The destination is unknown, the package is unknown, and the delivery location is unknown. Also, they won't be allowed any external communication until the job is complete. No one's quite sure what to make of it. Why were they chosen? Why all the secrecy? It seems even the captain is questioning what is going on, which is odd for a Federation official. That isn't the only strange thing about her, though. She and her AI speak in a language that only Anima recognizes, though Anima didn't realize she knew another language. Shadow also appears to have a second sim unit. Vi notes these things and attempts to investigate without asking the captain. She isn't able to find much, though. They finally arrive at their destination, a small natural gas mining operation on a backwater planet named Krillia 3. Unfortunately, the package was stolen by pirates just minutes before. Half the party gives chase while Shadow tries to crack the navigation control on the Jaeger. The pirates left off before the party could catch them, but Shadow is able to come pick them up and continue the chase to Scion Zero. On the short trip over, Farida shares a picture she got of the pirates with the package. Anima notices something odd in that it appears the package has feet. They find the shuttle with the thieves used to steal the package and hack into it, revealing a suit that looks remarkably like Sona. Seeing this, Shadow decides it's time to stop pretending. She explains that the package is in fact a Belair scout, a sentient being who needs to be returned to his people and not handed over to the Federation. The party is going to have to disappear as well. While Sona gathers their belongings out of the Jaeger, Shadow calls in her actual ship for pickup. The party is aboard the Opal Star, a ship that is far more advanced than anything they have ever seen when they watch an unmarked Federation ship remove the cargo bay from the Jaeger. Seconds later, the Jaeger explodes. Once they have jumped far from Federation space, Shadow explains a little more of what is going on. She is actually a half-Promethean, half-Kesh named Spectra, and she is from the Alliance. Sona is really a Dindus named Talamira who's wearing that robot suit for five years. Their job was to study the Federation and report back on how the Alliance could best approach communication and negotiations. When they realized the alternative goal behind the mission the Federation was sending them on, Spectra made the call to extract the party. She promises to help them however she can to adjust to this new world they find themselves in, giving them access to information and free reign on the ship, after giving a tour where they also meet the ship's security officer, a Matakai named Tillerish, who likes to go by Ty. They will need to travel to the Blair Crucible to revive the scout, but after that, Spectra promises that she'll take them anywhere they want to go. Anima speaks to her privately about the fact that she always knew she was different, and Spectra confirms that she is indeed from Alliance space. She doesn't know how Anima ended up in the Federation or why she doesn't remember anything, but she promises to help her put together those missing pieces. The crew makes a brief stop on the way to answer a distress signal. Some associates of a friend of Spectra's found themselves trapped by some rabbit bears. It proves easy enough to deal with and it was along the way, so they go to lend a hand. 
From there, it is on to Sundraria, one of the planets nearest to the Blair Crucible. It is also the home of Tally's cousin Elvisar and his wife Kishara. The crew is welcome to stay with them until the scout is ready to travel. It proves to be a nice break from the constant travel. The party gets some time to shop and a learning experience as they get a tour of the Crucible. It is during this tour that Anima discovers the truth of how Ash and Fortune are made. This leaves her upset because she is afraid it will change the way Farida and Vi look at her, because they didn't know either. There's also the worry of who she was before she lost her memories. Those worries are assuaged by Kishara, and then by her friends as Farida shows her all of the research she's been doing into the history and culture of the Ashen Forged. That evening, after a nice dinner, they get to see the wonderful Cirque de Liri's performance of one of the events that led to the creation of the Alliance. It is breathtaking. Afterwards, Spectre reconnects with her old friend Maria, who has a bit of a problem with her ship being stolen. She takes the party out for drinks and asks for their help retrieving some information from the bar across the street, owned by a low-level thug named Sinfrith. Vi helps her get into the office and collect information, while Anima and Farida keep the guards distracted outside. Then Farida blows up the chandelier to cover their escape and gets one of the servers in some big trouble. While sifting through the information, Maria notices communications pertaining to a plan to steal some medication destined for a violent colony on Rakura. The colony is new, and they experienced a viral outbreak they were not prepared for. Sinfrith planned to steal the medicine to turn into a party drug, the medicine that would help the Fallener recover from his outbreak. So the next morning, the crew goes to intercept the medicine to make sure it gets where it's going. They get close to having an encounter with the hired muscle when Maria offers the leader of the, that muscle the right price and she turns on the rest of the thugs, laying them out before disappearing back into the crowd. It's a close call, but the party is able to escape unscathed and they make their way to Rakura. Along the way, pieces of Anima's past start falling into place as her memories return. She remembers the face of fire-blooded Promethean who told her something about tea? This ends up being none other than her donor. The crew is welcomed with the open arms by the Valna Arakura. The colony is well disguised and well protected on this otherwise uninhabited planet. They also prepare to start quickly distributing the medicine among their ill with the help of Tali. Korshi and Osakes, the leaders, also prepare a feast and celebration. It is a happy time for their people. But once the sun goes down, it becomes apparent that they have another problem. The creature that protected their home died not long after they started getting sick, and they have not been able to tame another. The crew agrees to help do it for them. They are able to tame the creature without sustaining any damage. As Korshi bonds with the creature through their new telepathic link, Tally is frantically rooting through her medical supplies. One of the Valna was not as well as they believed they were, and while they were holding the shields, their heart stopped. In her panic, Tali knocked something out of the back, and Anna recognized it immediately. She grabbed the syringe and plunged it into the Valna, causing them to revive. Thinking about it afterwards, she remembered another time when she had used one of those. That time to revive a dear friend of hers, an Eldori scientist named Dottie. The party leaves the next morning, and around lunchtime, there's an announcement in the Federation. Filena, Ferda, and Anima have been pronounced dead, along with Shadow and Sona, and the government is going to launch an investigation into the mysterious circumstances. 
No one on the ship trusts this, of course, and they quickly start working on plans to get Vera's parents and Vice Mentor out of the Federation. Spectra gets a lead on the way they can make some quick money. A friend is willing to give her first dibs at the location of a recently discovered Blair Vault. Used to preserve information and technology from whatever wiped out the races that came before, it is almost a rite of passage for some peoples to complete these vaults. It's low danger and quick financial return. She just needs to meet with her friend to negotiate the exchange. So they go to Abos. Tali and the crew get a table and enjoy some food while Spectra goes and speaks to her friend. Vi is the first person to notice the shift in the crowd. Some individuals have been paying particular attention to them after getting a message of some kind. She alerts everyone else and they begin to make their way out. Some thugs try to stop them but Spectra creates a distraction that allows them to escape with one of the thugs' phones. That phone reveals that someone named Trigger has put a bounty on their heads. Wanted alive for questioning, with no explanation as to why. The crew goes ahead and completes the vault, passing all the challenges, gaining much historical information and what appears to be an engine. The guardian of the vault also gifted the party with something extra. Farida and Vi learn new skills, Spectra gets a possible answer, and an anima gets five years worth of her memories back. Afterwards, Spectra shares a little bit about what she was really looking for in the Federation. The source of a signal that she thinks is connected to what happened to a friend of hers a hundred years ago. And while this did help her confirm that that was an answer, she still has more questions as to what it was, because in the five years, she never found it. Maria keeps digging into the identity of Trigger and what reason they may want the party, but she is unable to uncover much. Tali negotiates a deal for the engine with a company called Paragon Industries. They set up a drop-off at one of their more remote locations that is currently in a low cycle, so not many people will see the party. Along the way, research is done into Farida's career, and they find the identity of her agent, Edgar Gandry. Things go smoothly at Paragon until a hacker group throws security off guard and nearly releases a semi-sentient ooze substance that the party ends up spacing anyway. Spectra helps fend off the hackers and soon they are able to continue about their day. Paragon adds a couple extra goodies to the deal as a thanks for the help. The next destination is a safe house of Spectras that no one else knows about. Vi gets an update for her mentor, who is watching the Halas to find a way to get them out of the Federation. They had already disappeared, using one of the General's many escape contingencies. His men will be escaping soon after. There is also a hint as to their destination, Ondas, the Promethean homeworld. Farida discusses plans of laying the trap to see who comes to investigate, but before they can put anything into play, Tali notices a failing escape pod nearby. The occupant is carefully brought on board and put in the quarantine room for care and monitoring. When said occupant started hacking into the ship's system, Spectra activates the dollhouse protocol, making it so they effectively cannot access any systems, though it looks to them like they are. This way, she can see what they're really trying to do. Nothing else happens that night. Talia is in the next morning to deliver food and talk her ear off, getting whatever information she can. Through observation, research, and Anima straight up asking, they get this young Volna named Sasha's full story. Her parents died in a shell crash, leaving her and her sister Sage to fend for themselves. They were doing alright until Slash got caught pegging the wrong pocket. 
That's how she met Trigger, who took her sister hostage and forced her to work for him. It's been two years and she's been looking for a way out ever since. She lied to him about losing a hacking device so she could gather information on him. Anima convinces her to share that information, which allows them to find two weak spots where they can hit Trigger. He has a big weapons shipment that he sunk a lot of his finances into, and most of his blackmail material is going to be in one place for a short period of time. Tully, Spectra, Ty, and Maria take care of the shipment while the party takes care of the blackmail vault. They get some help from Scorpia, a mercenary that they ran into earlier, and the one Maria hired with their help. The guards to the vault turn out to be Lorendi pirates, rare in this part of space, but it seems they've made some kind of deal with Trigger. They are dealt with easily enough through distraction, assassination, magnalogs, and scroll warfare. Trigger makes a sort of appearance, hologramming in to mock the party for falling into his trap. They ignore him completely, so he sends his robot after them. It knocks Farida out, but the rest of the party is able to deal with it quickly and revive her. A Lorendi scouting party returns, but they are betrayed before they reach the party. The Stellar Lands, a group Scorpia works with, managed to get someone on the inside disguised as a Lorendi guard. Farida surprises he is none other than Max, the server who worked at Sanfus Bar who got fired after they robbed him. He took out the rest of the guards, and he also has a ship big enough to get everyone off planet. The hostages are rescued, the blackmail material is destroyed, save for some files Trigger had on by his former associates who crossed into the Alliance. She keeps those. And they also find Sage among the hostages, and Sage is very excited to get back to her sister. Max takes them to a well-trafficked refueling station, where multiple other ships are ready to take the former hostages somewhere safe and then eventually take them home. Scorpia leaves to take a well-earned vacation, taking most of the robot with her, while Sage stays with the party. They spend a week in the safe house while the bounty war is slowly disassembled. Anima does more research into Dottie and her co-workers. Farida arranges a karaoke night, and then the Opal Star arrives to take them to their next destination. One of the key players in detangling the bounty war was an individual named Sandro Espen, aka Whisper. A smuggler and associate of Maria's, Whisper is a major stabilizing force in the underworld. Trigger wanted to grab a crew and use them to get a leg up on Whisper because, as it turns out, Whisper is Farida's secret benefactor, and he was looking for a way to get her out of the Federation before the whole thing started. Now that Trigger is no longer a problem, Whisper wants to reward the crew of the Opal Star for keeping Farida safe. He also connects her with her bank accounts and her agent, as well as some financial advisors. He even agrees to continue producing her music. Everyone is invited to stay at the VIP suite of the Oasis for a while, and it is during that vacation that Farida announces she plans to stay for a while. She wants to explore her career and enjoy it in a way she has never before been able to. She will keep in touch, of course, and before she officially parts away, she drags her two friends with her to go have dinner with her parents. After the dinner, they return to the Oasis for a few more days of rest and relaxation. Season 2 picks up as Vi and Anima are waiting to hear when the Opal Star is going to be ready to leave.